DJ PK brought to you in part by Jimmy's Flowers. Reminding you, Valentine's Day, not far away, less than three weeks now. Flowers make the perfect gift. Jimmy's Flowers is a longtime partner with The Zone. Make it easy by visiting them at jimmysflowers.com. Valentine's is on a Sunday this year. Jimmy's Flowers at jimmysflowers.com. It's time to welcome in Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter, based in Florida, author of seven books. Jason, welcome back to the show. It is great to be here. What can I, uh, what can I help you with? <laughs> well, there are many, many NFL storylines to talk about. But watching the Green Bay, Tampa Bay, NFC title game, uh, and, and, of course, I was on Twitter at the same time. And mm-hmm. I, I get that Twitter is there to crack people up. And so, of course, there's uh-huh. going to be Belichick memes as the Bucks go sure. screaming out to the 28-10 to 10 lead. And I know the storyline, but I find the whole thing to be bogus. Brady's going to his 10th Super Bowl, and that's an awesome storyline and an awesome stat. Sure. It's unbelievable. But Brady wasn't going to a 10th Super Bowl in New England if those two stayed together. New England had free agent losses. New England had guys opting out. New England had dead money on the cap. I don't know that New England could have beaten Buffalo to win that division, and there's no chance they would have beaten the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back games to go to a Super Bowl. So the whole notion of uh, Belichick let it blew it by letting Brady go, or Brady won and proved he's better than Belichick, I find that whole storyline crazily, oddly, wildly misplaced. Uh, I would, here's that where I would differ with you. And that is, yes, if the, if you put the Patriots together as is over the last couple of years, no, they don't go like, and and he wasn't going to take this year's Patriots team Mm -hmm. to a Super Bowl. And just like he didn't take the, the 2019 version to a Super Bowl because they were too depleted. Right. I think there's a case here that, there was an expectation among a lot of people in New England that was fed by this whole aura of it's more Belichick than it is Brady, right? And that Brady's just a system quarterback that you could replace Brady. And let me just say this as an aside, Josh McDaniels is a big believer in that system quarterback you know, theory that you, that Brady should have been able to make these other guys better. And because he wasn't, he was starting to decline et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would, or my counter would be, look, the guys that he, they put him around him were just substandard. And if they had found a better plan for surrounding him with better guys and, you know, finding a transition from Gronkowski to a real tight end or all these other things that we talk about, Brady's still capable, as he has shown now, of taking you to a Super Bowl. But you had to basically bite the bullet and be willing to go and build around the quarterback and make life easier for him. So Brady's, I think Brady's still the answer, and Belichick made, I think, a poor choice by not riding out the rest of his career, um, but probably not a poor choice if you're not going to help the quarterback out, and Brady and Belichick wasn't helping the quarterback out which, you know, the last couple of years. So when you look at Tampa Bay, they, of the two teams, they would be the more surprised to be this far. How much do you think that, to a degree, the Buccaneers were sort of pacing themselves as they go with a veteran team and some new players to make sure they were playing their best ball when the playoffs hit? I don't think that this is, like, I don't think this is a pacing, like, um, this is not like a swimmer getting ready for a major meet and you're, like, you know, pacing your body and getting it ready 
um, <laughs> to, to go compete in the Olympics or something like that. I think this is more like it just it took a while for everybody to get on the same page. You know, when you're talking about not having an off season, um, any in a real sense, not having training camp in a real sense, and you're trying to get a new quarterback you know, get the timing together with guys like Mike Evans or Godwin. And then you're bringing in Antonio Brown in the middle of the season. you got Miller, the Johnson, Ty Johnson kid. You don't really have a running back who's a consistent pass catcher. And the tight ends as well. Like, all this stuff going on. There were a lot of moving parts this season. I just think it took a lot of time for them to get on the same page. And you saw it come together in the second half of the season that this was a much better team, much more on page, especially – Evans and Brady, which that's the key to everything. Now, there are some problems with what they do in their passing game still, but I think that's a function of talent, not as much a function of them not being on the same page the way it was in the first half of the season. I don't want to overlook the fact that the Bucks played well enough to win the game because that's the most important thing. But Brady yeah. threw three picks. The defense got beat deep. Evans had a glaring drop. Other guys had drops as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. That that was not even close to a perfect game, but it was good mm-hmm. enough to win at Lambeau Fields. So let's give him credit for that. But don't they have to play much better to beat the Chiefs? Oh yeah, they have to play a perfect game to beat the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs are absurdly better than everybody else. Like they've been sleepwalking for the past like three months through this season. You know, yesterday was an example of them playing one of their sharper games. And it's probably the sharpest game that they have played since that was that Monday night game. This season's such a blur. It's hard for me to remember. The Monday night game against Baltimore, where they went into Baltimore and they said, oh, yeah, that, that Lamar Jackson stuff, that, that's cute. Um, this is how we really play football. Um, and they just destroyed the Ravens. And then, again, Sleepwalk through the rest of the season. You know, a couple of bad, you know, kind of ugly games against the Raiders because Gruden gets geeked up about it. Atlanta, they barely get by. You know, all these, you know, they the Dolphins game, they're behind early, and then they go on a spree, take control of the game, and then Dolphins come back. Like, it's one game after another where you're like, that's not a sharp football team. Yesterday was a sharp football team, um, with the exception of the, of the you know, the botched, um, you know, punt by you know by Hardman, which you know gave away a touchdown, they played really incredible football yesterday and, and really precise. So to get back to your point, does Tampa have a, a great chance in this game? No. I think that at best they probably win one out of five times. If if you're if both teams played five times, you get maybe one Buccaneer victory. That's how much better the Chiefs are. The question is, is that one gonna happen on Super Bowl Sunday? It could. You know, like Shaq Barrett and JPP could present a problem for the offensive tackles for the Chiefs, right, and really hem in Mahomes and force him to do some different things and keep him in the pocket and keep him from escaping. That that seriously could happen. You know, uh, Villavea was was terrific, I thought, crashing the pocket. So I saw some things that can give Mahomes problems. But, look, they got the, the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the league. They have the best wide receiver in the league. They have the best tight end by far in the league, right? And then they have the best coach in the league right now um, who's still in the playoffs. I mean, Belichick's the only guy who's, who can match wits with Andy Reid at this point in time. So you have, you have those four things going into a Super Bowl. You're an overwhelming favorite. 
So you speak of Andy Reid, best coach that's still coaching in the postseason. I don't think anybody would argue on that. I read a stat where he's 62, and if you compare Belichick at 62, Andy Reid, I think, had like five more wins. He seems to be having the time of his life coaching the Chiefs right now, and at 62 he's been doing it for a while, but the point being that it doesn't look like he's interested in stepping aside. Uh, yeah. is Andy, is, where's Andy Reid going with this? Going back to work tomorrow. <laughs> but I'm talking oh, legacy, legacy wise. Well, legacy wise, I mean, look, if you win back to back Super Bowls, I mean, you know, but I think he's already, I'm a Hall of Fame selector. If you put uh, Andy Reid in front of me, yeah, I'd want to make sure I heard the arguments through and double checked it and compare him to everybody and stuff like that. But, like, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach, right? I think he's, I think he's there. Um, and I don't think the debate is very long. It's just, like, again, sort of dotting I's, crossing T's to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at everything correctly. Because I haven't really studied the case or studied the other coaches who went in the Hall of Fame right away. So I think it's a little, it's a little bit, um, you know, it's not quite done. But if he wins a back-to-back Super Bowl, then, like, there's no more, there's no more debate. And I think that there is, as you said, like, he's 62, but this is – this is his purpose in life. This is what he loves to do. I mean, he still wakes up at 3.45 in the morning or whatever ungodly hour because he wants to get to work. Um, you know, he, he's the guy who in Philadelphia was pulling all-nighters all the time and enjoying it. Like, not doing it because there was this sort of George Patton, blood and guts, this is what we do mentality. You know, uh, you know, I've talked to Juan Castillo, who's his longtime offensive line coach in, in Philadelphia, and he talked about, you know, how Andy would come in at midnight or one o'clock in the morning, grab a, a fistful of corn nuts from, uh, from you know, Juan's stash of corn nuts, and they'd sit there and they'd just kind of BS for 15 or 20 minutes. They'd start talking ball, and Andy would get a little smile on his face and go, hey, Juan, want to pull an all-nighter? And they would just stay there the entire time and just, you know, this is this is his passion. This is what uh, he was born to do. I don't think there's any drudgery to it. He never gets tired of it, and he's a very unique human being in that way because it is pure joy for him. So I just read a story on the whole uh, how, how they ended up drafting Mahomes, how they ended up spotting him, how they ended up trading up to get him, and all they had to go through to get that. And one of the things that came through in that is that they wanted someone special. They didn't want a system quarterback. And I'm intrigued by what you said earlier about the Patriots and the system quarterback. It's not that you can't win a Super Bowl with a system quarterback because you can. I think we can all list uh, four or five guys in the last 20 years who aren't Hall of Famers who, who won Super Bowls. So you can sure. do it. But Andy Reid lost a lot of NFC title games in a row 15 years ago. And I think if he'd had a special quarterback, he would have won some of those and won some Super Bowls. And now he's got one. So, and, and in the story, it said they were constantly on the lookout for someone who was the guy. And they well, got they thought, they thought McNabb was the guy, and he got him really far, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're talking about five NFC championships and some really difficult losses along the way, and and all of that, right? So. I don't. I don't want to put down Donovan McNabb as not special, right? Because I think he's one of those guys who, 
was very good, bordered on special. If he had done a few things a little bit differently in his career, we might be talking about a Hall of Famer. Michael Vick was the, the next quarterback, you know, who's as dynamic as they come, right? But unfortunately, you know, wasted so much of his career on, you know, the dog fighting and, you know, having to go to prison for it. And, you know, things that held him back and distracted him from being as great as he possibly could be. It's kind of a tragic career arc for, for, for Michael Vick. And, and along the way, you know, there's Kevin Cobb, there's A.J. Feely, there's Jeff Garcia, um, you know, all those guys who played their best football under Andy Reid. I mean, he really is a guru. And then you get Alex Smith, who is a, a system quarterback, whose limitations are, are there, and you saw it. So, yeah, is Patrick Mahomes the best of them? Yes. Clearly, but I, I would I would submit this: Andy Reid's done maybe the greatest job ever of picking out quarterbacks and maxing out their ability of anybody in the history of this league. You know, like everybody he's picked has done something, um, you know, maybe not great, but at least good to very good, and had their greatest success again under Andy Reid. Um, because he could pick out guys who could play and then make the most out of those guys who could play. Um, Mahomes is just, yeah, I mean, he's scary, good, athletic. I mean, I, I think he's the most complete quarterback to come out of the college ranks since John Elway. Uh, and I went to college with Elway, and I just did a biography of John Elway. And he was considered the statue of David of quarterbacks. I think one day we'll look back and go, Patrick Mahomes is the statue of David of quarterbacks of this generation. And I don't have any problem with what you're saying. Do you have any reason why the line is only three then? Because, um, if, look, betting in the Super Bowl is not like betting in any other game, right? It's not, it, it's not just the pure, the pure, the purest gamblers, right? Who come in and say, okay, I know what this line looks like. And, you know, the Chiefs are clearly the better team in this one. There's mystique that goes to this game. And that's because, you know, you got Brady in it. And so the betting public goes, oh, Brady's in it. We've got to bet on Brady. We've got to do this, which is not necessarily a bad logic, okay, given its record. But because, because the Super Bowl is sort of amateur hour mm. for um, great bettors, sort of like New Year's Eve is amateur hour for people who like to go out and party, um, you get a lot of money that comes in just on feeling. Like, I feel like the Buccaneers can't be stopped. I feel like Brady can't be stopped. Therefore, I'm betting on him, not the pure analytics guys. And the whole point of Vegas, look, the, the most important thing that Vegas always wants to do is to make sure there's an equal amount of money bet on both sides because they just want to take the VIG, right? They want to take, you know, the 110. The 110 to win 100, they want the 10. They'll live with the 10. That'll be fine. And so that's where they want the money to go in the Super Bowl. Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter, joining us right now. What is the future for the Bills? Are they going to be some kind of uh, Cleveland Cavaliers looking at Michael Jordan's Bulls? Like, how are we going to get past (laughs) these guys? I think you can say that about the entire AFC and maybe the entire NFL, right? Um, Yeah, because I think that I think that Kansas City, you know, look, eventually Tyreek Hill is going to age out. Eventually Kelsey's going to age out. Mahomes will probably last 10 years. His game will change a little bit. He won't run, run as much. Um, you know, like you can, you can, you know, put, you can see that future, right? Um, 
But I think that the Chiefs, as long as Reed is there, will understand, look, you got to make sure that you surround the quarterback with a lot of weapons. You saw it this year. They, you know, who'd they take in the draft? The first round pick was on the running back. Now he may not be a great player, but the mentality is the same mentality that the Indianapolis Colts had with Peyton Manning, which is always make sure that that guy, that, that, that one of a kind talent has really special players around him who can make him look better and maximize his value. So, okay, we got Marvin Harrison. We're taking Reggie Wayne. We got, you know, we'll go get Dallas Clark. We'll get, bring in Edger and James. We'll, you know, we'll constantly have guys around him who maximize his pure value. So that's going to be the credo with the chiefs. And I think that, you know, that's going to put them at the top and certainly over the next three or four years, because I don't see Kelsey or Hill going away for a couple, for two or three years at least. Um, I think that they're going to be hard to knock off. So the Bills and everybody else, the only thing that they can hope for right now is that the Chiefs get really bored and really complacent. And, that, you know, again, I think they showed that this year that there was a certain complacency to how they played most of the season, um, which if they win back-to-back Super Bowls, I would think that that's going to be very difficult for them to win the third one in a row. Um because of that complacency. That will allow them to get knocked off next year, but we'll see how it plays out. You think that Aaron Rodgers sort of caught up in the moment of the disappointment, or might possibly this be it? No, I, I, look, I think that he's a contemplative guy. I think he's a, he's a person who is kind of saying, where is his place? What is, you know, I don't think he wants to be like Brett Favre, right? Who Favre was kind of hanging on until the end. Now, I do think that Aaron's going to play next year. I think he's going to play for the Packers. I think he's going to – but in this moment, like, he's, he thinks about a lot of other things. Like, that, the fact that he's guest hosting Jeopardy, <laughs> don't take that as just some goofy little thing. I'm not saying that he's going to become the host of Jeopardy and that he's next, the next Alex Trebek. Okay, don't, don't get me – you know, don't take me down that path, Right. And I don't mean to take you down that path, but what I'm saying is he has other interests in his life um, and things that he wants to do. I mean, he loves music. He loves, you know, rock music. He's big into it. I think there are other things that he says, sits there and says, you know, maybe I want to do that at some point. And that makes, and when you have losses like this, or you go through a season like this, you kind of think about, okay, maybe there's something else I want to do. And when is that time going to be? Um, and that's where I think his head's at. If I if I read him correctly, and I you know I know Aaron decently well from having talked to him a few times, he just gives off that vibe like a guy who's like you know I'm not only football. Now I love football and I'm great at it, but it's not the only thing that I am. Deshaun Watson getting traded? If he wants to, I mean, really, he controls the whole deal. And, you know, you, so you hear reports that go back and forth, like, what does he really want? Does he want out? Not, you know, it's a decision he has to make. But if he decides, look, I'm not playing for these guys anymore. Um, I don't trust the owner. I think the owner's a, a foof and doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and, you know, he told me one thing, he did another. You know, there's this goofy, you know, religious advisor pastor guy who's got way too much control over the organization who's in his ear. Like, uh, if, if he looks at this and says, I'm out, and he's out, and they have to go make the best deal that they possibly can, and I think that they're going to get a lot for him, 
they still won't get what a proven quarterback is worth. But it, it, this is all – Deshaun Watson controls this situation um, almost 100%. Now, they're, they can push him to, to show up and say, you got to pay your money back if you don't. Um, but if he pays the money back and becomes a free agent – <laughs> just imagine the kind of money that he'll make you know, going to somebody else so uh, again he control he controls all the all the moves in this in this uh in this decision jason we appreciate the time as always thanks for coming on the show again anytime guys enjoy have a have a good two weeks till super bowl Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.